Hello, what's going on? Rich Ryan here, Reinforced Running Podcast. What's up? Today, we have Katie Knight as our guest. Katie is a multi-sport athlete and has a tremendous range when it comes to endurance and just hybrid fitness. You'll probably know her as the 2021 World's Toughest Mudder Champion and also third place finisher at the Spartan Spartan Ultra Championships as well, with a little bit of controversy in there, which we do talk about just a bit. But she's also a tremendous CrossFit athlete and is training to become a one of the better hybrid athletes. And I, I'm really excited to see what she can do when she gets out onto the High Rocks course. So we talk a lot about training. We talk a little bit about mindset. We just kind of like what her background is and how she has decided to really kind of push her eggs into this basket and what really drives her to try these different things because, you know, to, to, to even think you can have this kind of range is a bit of a unique skill, which Katie definitely has and has the confidence to do well in all these events. So really enjoyed the conversation. So Katie's internet was a little spotty in like the first 10 or 15 minutes of this conversation, but then it does really kind of clear up. So stick with it. I think you'll be able to get to know what, what she's talking about in the beginning, but then it clears up and then it's a great conversation. So, all right, let's just get into it, Katie. All right, we are on. Katie Knight, hello. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah, thank you. Of course. So the first time that uh, I really saw you in competition was in OCR Stars in 2020. Yep. And I think what you ended up like fourth in that overall over the course. Yep. Mm -hmm. And But really the, the stand-up performance that I saw was the Burpee Mountain. Like you smashed yeah. that. You like killed everyone. That was my favorite. That, and that was my one, favorite for sure. That's kind of like my jam. Did you see the open announcement just now? I did. It's the wall walks, the um, snatches, and the, uh, is it box jump overs? Yeah. What was the like last that, movement? Yeah. It's like that similar type of time frame. I think it's going to be kind of like Burpee Mountain, only with like sh more shoulders. Yeah, way more shoulders. Those wall walks are brutal. Did you do that workout last year? It was with all the wall walks. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, it was just at, brutal. At one point, my shoulders just didn't work anymore. Like well, that's when everyone started belly flopping. Um, oh yeah, so many good clips from that, like bloopers. <laughs> already, the, the meme accounts are already on, already firing off. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I love it. it. Yeah, I love it. That that workout was weird, right? It was just like. There sometimes with CrossFit, especially for, you know, I'm, I'm runner first OCR, like hybrid stuff. I don't need to do too much overhead shoulder endurance things. Right. So we're like that. It's just like, it might as well just have been a hundred wall walks for time. Right. Know? Right. Like, right. But this, this one, three, three wall walks, that's manageable. It, it is. I think over the course of the, that AMRAP, it's going to get pretty spicy, but at least it's, it's less. So you can kind of manage your, your pacing and your speed, but going from those to snatches, that's, what's going to be the tricky part. Yeah. And the box, the box jump ups, the box jump overs, you have to step down. So they're going to be a little bit more controlled. So I wonder how much time that's actually going to give to let the shoulders recover a little bit. Because yeah. it's still probably going to be the limiter, right? Like the shoulder, but it's going to be a little bit more engine than last year since it's, since mm -hmm, the, for sure. you can, you can kind of just, it's not heavy. You can just work right. your way through it one way or another. Um, are you going to do it? Yeah, I'll probably do it sometime this, uh, this next week. Uh, just cause I always do all the open workouts. Um, sometimes I don't sign up, but, um, over the past years, I've definitely since like 2016 uh was the first year I did it um and I love it um especially if you could be in like a CrossFit gym and have that community and like they do like Friday night lights and whatever it's like my favorite time of year at CrossFit so it's I'll so, probably drop into one of them and, and do it it really is fun like I just encourage anybody to sign up even if mm -hmm. they're like oh well I'm not gonna qualify for the games like yeah I know but like it's still <laughs> fun <laughs> Yeah. It's just kind of like everybody coming together, doing like whatever suffering workout it is. So it's, yeah. it's a blast. Yeah. So yeah. when I saw that Burpee Mountain result, mm -hmm. it, it led me to believe you were just more, you were a CrossFit style athlete, right? That's very like CrossFit right. centric. It's more like grunt work, like big engine uh, to yep. kind of make your way through. But then last year you won the Tahoe ultra. I don't, had you even done uh, a Spartan or OCR last year before that ultra race? Uh, no. So I've done prior five, uh, just trail ultras, but never any obstacle course racing, except for I did 
in Anaheim. I did the stadium race, uh, I think a couple months prior, but that's so different. So Way that was different. just like a, that was a sprint. And I was like, I'm going to go to do an ultra. Cause you have to, <laughs> I had to do, you had to complete an ultra before, uh, Spartan worlds, uh, for the ultra. So right. that's the one that I was able to do, um, before Telluride. Right. And you won the Tahoe mm-hmm. one. That's not necessarily an easy course. Uh, and it's, it's a hard course, very hard course. <laughs> right. That's a hard mountain. <laughs> and they made, they made the ultra people climb all the way to the top and do like a sled drag up there, which was like, I don't know how many more feet, but like, I, I, it was like a really cool venue, but it was hard. Um, especially for the first one, I'd never thrown a spear before. So I definitely missed the spear throw and like multiple other obstacles. I think I did over like 200 burpees. And then when I went to, yeah, it was rough, but like, cause I'd get to this, the, you know, this, the obstacle and I'd be like, okay, what do I do here? Like I watch videos and try to prepare mm. for it. But like when you're there, it's like, okay, what do I do? So I'd like ask the volunteer or whatever, like, okay, like, oh, I got it. And so then I do it. But what was cool is the improvement of how many burpees I did in Telluride, which was like, I think a total of like 30 some, um, compared to how many I did in Tahoe. So after that Tahoe event, I went and practiced a bunch and then got a lot better at the, the It's not necessarily a strength thing. <laughs> like there's definitely a limiter for some with like their grip, but more so like once you right, figure out how right. to do it, you can kind of like manage your way just getting through. Um, right. And so, yeah, so, so, so I did that and then your amazing results at Spartan Worlds and then Tough mm-hmm. uh, World's Toughest Mudder where you finished first at World's Toughest and third, right, at, at Spartan? You, yes. Your, your yep. time was third. My, my time was third, but yeah, on course, was, I was second. Which you were second on that course. Was, that was just a, a field day of creating some, like, a little bit of drama in the Spartan world. <laughs> which I did not mean to do. <laughs> no. And that's, that's drama that we don't like that. No. <laughs> when I saw that, so like you were, you were given a 30 minute penalty for missing like one burpee or something like that. Was that what the, so the... I missed, I think a total of two or three in my mind, I did like 34 burpees, but they counted like 27. Which is debatable. Um, because from a CrossFit background, like if you, if you miss burpees, that's just like a sin. Like you just don't do that. So like in my mind, I'm counting and clearly I didn't, but it was 30 minutes per burpee. So it was 90 minutes total. That's insane. And I was like, I, I came back into the pit and I was just like, Hey, I'll do a hundred burpees right now. Or I'll do like anything. If you will just take that penalty off my thing. Like I was like anything like Bargaining. I'll do another. La- I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, Nope, sorry. And I was like, all right, well just keep going. And that was at like 10 PM. So that wasn't that far into the race. Um, but I was like, I might as well keep moving because I know I can stick with third because of the penalty. And then I want to finish second. So from there, it was just like, keep going. You might as well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad that that was the mindset that you, that you took of it because it really did show that you were the second best athlete that day on that right. course. Right. Like in the penalties, like they're working it out. They always, they, they're, there's so much growing pains through Spartan. And a lot of times it's in real time like that. Yeah. Like they probably made this decision. <laughs> and then when they implemented it, they're probably like, Oh wow, this is actually incredibly too drastic. This doesn't make yeah. any sense. So exactly. But, but so I get why they I get why they have to have penalties because otherwise, you know, people would skip things on purpose, right? You know, you can find a loophole and so they would do that. So I I get why there needs to be some kind of penalty for missing an obstacle or doing, you know, whatever. So I get it. It sucked, but I get it. <laughs> and like no one's happy with that penalties ever like they're never going to get it right where it's like 100 percent approval rating so they're just like figuring it out like no matter what the penalty was it was going to be shitty but that was super shitty um but anyway you were able to finish um so that you so that you so you have this wide range as an athlete when i look at it in that perspective i'm like okay Mm -hmm. so you're so Definitely has the CrossFit background, but also this on um, like polar opposite end is this ultra stuff. So like, how do you kind of, what do you consider yourself as an athlete? Like, where do you, 
like if you were to describe yourself to someone who has, doesn't know anything about you or the sport, like what would you tell them you are as an, as an athlete? And more the CrossFit style, but then when it comes to endurance, I work on my engine as well. Um, like right now I'm getting better at being faster because I have that engine where I can like go for 24 hours and that's what I like to do. But then when you get to things like high rocks and stuff, it is more strength crossfitty, but it also is like, you know, your, your running, which that's not a strong suit for me. Um, so that's like, that's kind of where I'm improving, but I would say hybrid athlete. Mm-hmm. even is a thing um but that's kind of where i put myself we're make we're making it a thing we're gonna yeah, make sure I'm, making, I'm gonna make it a category where like, like you don't have to look a certain way to run ultras you can still be strong um and run forever so and that's that's an interesting point right like the the physical piece and i think that's why a lot of people are drawn to ocr uh, hybrid racing in particular as, as well, where it's like, okay, like I still can have this high end endurance, uh, regardless of mm-hmm. what like traditionally they like a, a ultra athlete might look like, like, um, like I was watching that golden trail series. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. It's awesome. Like the, the, the scenery and just watching those people bomb down hills, mm-hmm. but some of those dudes, like they are so small. They are like yeah, really, really small people across the board. They're all pretty small. Yes, yes. For those kind of ultras, that that is somewhat necessary just for your speed. Um, but like when it comes to twenty four hour races, not quite as much because you're not having to keep that same type of pace um, for twenty four hours. If that makes sense. For sure. For sure. Like they're, they're hammering. And so like, yes. do you, do you attribute some of the success that you had in the ultra space to, to like your strength? Is that, is that something that you kind of put hand in hand? Yeah, that, I definitely think so. Like when it comes to, you know, bucket carries and things like that, like that for me is such a strength that I can move. Um, and I have seen that my strength work in the gym has really helped me, um, in the ultra scene world, just that type of like endurance and mindset. Um, yeah, I would definitely say it's been a strength thus far. And how, how do you, how'd you decide that like doing ultra stuff? Like you mentioned, you did some ultra trail stuff. Mm -hmm. So there must've been a point where you're like, Oh, that seems like something that I would either enjoy doing or be good at doing. And when you're spending time in the gym doing CrossFit stuff, it really is it's the exact opposite. <laughs> so is there, was there something right. about it in your past right. or just like an appeal of it that you're like, Oh, let me, let me try going as long as I can. Like, is that more of a mental side of thing? Like, how did you know that you were going to go this route? So I was training pretty hardcore into CrossFit, um, in 2018, 19, and I was coaching and, um, working out at a gym in Boulder, Colorado, and a bunch of, uh, guys from the gym wanted to run the rim to rim to rim, um, under an hour, under 15 hours. And so that's 50 miles and like a ton of elevation. It's like, I want to see if I can do that. So that was more of a mental mindset of like, how far and how long can I push my body? And so that was my first like ultra. And then from Canyon, which was a 50, um, and very difficult and technical overall female. And so I self up both of those and I was like, okay, I like these, like, this is something that like, I like to do and I'm pretty decent at. So from there, I did a couple other ultras and I did like the, the virus 12 hour uh, mm-hmm. ultra that they held during COVID. Um, right. And I got 10th of that, but I also started like a couple hours late by accident. Um, but so like, so like, uh, it was like just something that kept progressing. And then, you know, there's the ultra series for Spartan. And I was like, you know, I could do the obstacles, um, and strengthen and the learn and run. So it's kind of a good combo of what I liked to do. And then to see how far I could push for the 24 hour was. 
Yeah, the the from a training perspective. Go ahead. Because I remember looking at like last year, like a year before the Spartan World Ultra, uh, someone was talking to me about they had done a 24-hour one, and I was like, I want to do that. So a year from now, I'm going to do that. And then I I didn't know for sure I was going to do WTM because it was so close uh, to Spartan uh, Worlds, but I did. So, um, yeah, that was something I've always kind of wanted to do uh, over the past year is a 24-hour race. So it seems like there was like an immediate appeal to you in terms of like, like, let's see how far, like, let's see how long, like, like, what am I capable of doing for like more time? Um, Yes. (laughs) How did that then change the way that you, you trained, right? Because it seemed like it was Mm -hmm. something that people did for fun. And like, you kind of went the competitive route and Mm -hmm. success so was it an instant change in the things that you were doing just in terms of like strength versus aerobic volume or how, like, how do you then balance those two things? Mm-hmm. It is, it is tricky. So I'll, I'll spend a amount of running or doing or biking. Um, I found if I can keep my mountain bike uh, volume pretty high, it keeps a lot of the, the pounding and the whatever off your body with running. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that I kind of switched cause I was running and like not feeling great with going to the gym. My body was just pretty beat up. Um, and so I switched to biking more and then I found that, you know, biking and climbing hills keeps my legs strong, dry strong. So that led to being able to run pretty far. So, uh, it's always kind of trained in a Similar fashion, I didn't really change a ton of things except for increase my running mileage. Um, but that's really it. I, I find that if I see fit and I can, you know, go toe to toe with the top person in a the gym, or I can run on a trail with someone who's very, very skilled, if I feel good in that, then I, it, it correlates to a race. Um, I'm be able to succeed in that race. So do you think that there is a level of just like, does that help your confidence being able to do all the things like, so that you're like kind of feeling fulfilled and then more of like a full athlete, as opposed to just, because a lot of these, your strength is probably already well above what you need for any obstacle race, right? Like the, the demands aren't that heavy, you know? Um, But do you, do you feel like you would need to have all these elements still just from a confidence perspective to make sure that you uh, like perform your best, like needing to spend time in that gym, needing right, to feel strong, right. like toe to toe. Is that something that's like, like part of the process for you? Yeah, I would say so. Like if I feel basically just like fit and I know that's a, it's a very broad term because everyone has feels different fit levels, wherever they do. But if I feel that and I'm conditioned and like, uh, my, my heart rate, cause I do a lot of heart rate training. So if that's where it needs to be, I know that like come race day, I'll feel great. I'll do great. Um, so yeah, it definitely is like a mindset thing. Um, and then also just like where I am at, uh, like fitness level wise too. Mm, gotcha. Yep. And on the, on the biking side of things that, that, I mean, that makes total sense to me, but I feel yeah. like if my, my running volume gets high, like everything else just gets a little bit harder. And I think it's mm-hmm. just like the, the impact, like just the moving around is harder. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Up squat. You're achy. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really achy. <laughs> so do you, do you set it out? To, are you progressing on top of it? Or do you have like a, a split that you like to um, kind of abide by when it comes to running versus biking, or is it more intuitive in the sense, like, might not be feeling great today. Like, let me go out and spend some time on the bike. And are you doing heart rate on the bike too? Uh, yeah, definitely on the bike too. Um, usually it is like, and then I'll do three big run days and I'll have like, Right now I'm working on intervals and tempos for running, um, just to improve my, my skills for high rocks. Mm. Um, and then also I'll have like multiple hard run days. And then every other day besides that, I'm not running, I'll be on the bike. So I'll always get some kind of aerobic conditioning in. And then I spend probably three to four hard days in the gym, um, with strength training. 
like if it was up to me, it would be way more, but I know that's not important for what I need to do. But like, I, I'm a gym rat. I love it. And I love being out on the trails too, but there's something about lifting weight. It's just fun. <laughs> I'm with you. It just makes yeah. me feel better when I'm there. Yes. I'm like completely comfortable. Like I know what I'm doing. I can just spend time here and hang out. But yeah, like three is probably the most. Yeah. That's, that's what I found with that. It's like, ah, is this helpful? And then I kind of run out of stuff to do after a while. I start like just <laughs> doing stuff over and over or, or wanting to jump back in a CrossFit class and doing that is what really starts to beat me up. <laughs> if yep, I just start adding yep. intensity on top of everything else. So I got to kind of pick my spots on that. Um, so what are, what are some of the goals this year then? Like, cause, because like it, it seems like high rocks should be the sweet spot. Right. Yeah. You, right. <laughs> you would think. So I'm working on kind of my, uh, or I'm working on training a ton with my heart rate right now. Um, because it is, you would think Hyrox is such a perfect combination for someone who loves, you know, runs and does CrossFit type movements. Um, I just need to be faster, um, okay. out there. Cause it is a, it's at the end of the day, it is a running race and it's a fast running race, like, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, even if you can move those weights pretty easy, you're going to still have to get out and, you know, run very fast. So I'm working on that. So that's a goal. Um, I'm going to do high rocks LA, uh, to qualify for Vegas, which is, you know, pretty soon. I already qualified with doubles, but I want to go solo. Um, there's something about winning a 24 hour race. And then if you can win a one hour race, it's kind of cool. That'd be um, really cool. So that's, that's the goal. Um, and then before that comes, uh, go ruck games, which I have my heart set on. Um, so I'm training pretty hard for that. Uh, that's a lot of running off of course racing and then strong man type stuff as well. So should be really fun. Like, can um, we talk about that a little bit? I've, I've been, yeah. I I'm helping some people in terms of like, like coaching, helping some programming stuff for some people who are, who are going to be going there. So I've been thinking about this a lot, mm-hmm. the, the go ruck games, because it seems like, what do you, what, what do you think? What's like, from what you gathered, mm-hmm. what is it going to be like? So, well, I know it's, you know, Savage Race, Rogue and, and go ruck that, that partner together. Um, and from watching and learning all I can on the internet about what they've put out about it. Um, none of the weights are going to be super, super heavy. There's no mm. barbells. Um, it's going to be mostly probably strongman equipment. So stones, uh, sandbags, things like that for their strongman events. And then I know there's an obstacle course race put on by Savage and you have to have weight on your back is what I'm guessing. I'm guessing yeah. the whole, every single event, you're going to have some kind of weight on your back. So the ability to move through time and space with weight on you, I think is pretty important because, you know, any, you know, people can go do an obstacle course race, but if you add a weight vest to it, uh, makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, and I know there's going to be like a long, uh, a ruck. I don't know how long I would hope really long. That would help me, but, yeah. Um, what do you think? It, how long are you going to prepare for? Oh, I mean, I would hope it would be like, like 20 miles or more. That would be like ideal for me. That'd be free. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. my guess, my guess is probably going to be like eight to 10. Yeah. I was thinking somewhere. Or that, less. Six. Uh, anything less, you know, then it's like, then it might come down the foot speed, like not yeah. as much, but it could still be someone who is faster. Right. And I'd imagine they'd want to, to even the playing field a little bit with that by beating right. it down over this. Right. Season. I'm thinking right. 12 to 15 is kind of, yeah, weird. I can see that. I, I would say, yeah, I would probably say a half marathon would be like a good distance for them to put on. Yeah. Um, but it's super cool. It's two days. So, you know, you start out with so many athletes and they they're supposed to cut down to the top eight male and female for Sunday. So yeah. Head to head. Right. So yes. it looks like it would be, I think three or four workouts and then a long ruck, right. On Saturday. Right. I think so. And then if you qualify through, it would be three workouts on Sunday. Yep. And I think the head to head stuff, in my opinion, would probably be like strongman type stuff. Uh, Cause that makes it fun, you know, lifting stones up the yep. fastest person, things like that. I, yeah. And I'd imagine it's going to, like you said, everything that would be a barbell movement would be like a sandbag, right? Like yes. if, it's, if it's thrusters, it's like, okay, sandbag thrusters. If it's like, yep. uh, clean and jerks, sandbag, clean and jerks, something right, like that. Right. And I mean, they'll probably throw like, you know, D ball, ground to shoulder, over shoulder, mm-hmm. things like that. So that, I think that kind of stuff is a blast. So it, it's going to be a cool event. That is going to be, that, that seems like 
because I'm guessing the workouts are probably going to be between a minute and like 20 minutes, like the not rucking one. Right, 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 right. Like you'd think they'd be like CrossFit style workouts, right? Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a couple more sprint type workouts and then hopefully like a longer one. Um, but yeah. You didn't do the Spartan games, did you? No, I didn't. Nope. Have you done an event like that where it's been just like multi, like domain, like kind of like a CrossFit games? Um, like, is this going to be your first time giving it a go at like the GoBra games? Yeah. Yep. With like a, that kind of style. I mean, I've done like, a lot of CrossFit comps that they have things like that. Like they'll throw in like, you know, a mile run or, you know, the hybrid type workouts. So um, definitely experience with that, with, with CrossFit comps and like I've been on team comps and things like that, which is a little bit more diverse. So um, not a newbie, but like this will be, I mean, it's the first one. So who knows? Right. No, one knows. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> And, but I mean, I guess I would imagine the CrossFit comps would at least play like that type of experience. Cause if you're going into this and it's going to be, it's a lot of OCR athletes. Yeah. More, more I than think, I thought. I, I think that they wanted to get a bunch of like CrossFitters in. I just don't know if they could find any who wanted to, because, you know, you'll get OCR athletes that will do the strength components, but like, there's not a ton of CrossFitters that will, you know, come over into the world of running. Um, no. So that's kind of what you run into. Yeah. And like, they would be, so would, and anybody who would be like a high level CrossFitter would probably have some sort of like the semifinal to yep. prepare for or something like yep. that. Like they'll, the, that It's like the worst timing for it. Cause they'll, you know, there's the open going on right now and then they hit quarterfinals. So not yeah. a great time of year to do some kind of, you know, go ruck event. It's hard to get it. It's going to be hard to get people like that in there, but it's still pretty, pretty solid field. Like yeah. That, oh yeah. Is that going to play into your preparation at all? Like, do you think that that and high rocks training are going to be kind of uh, hand in hand? Do you think they'll complement each other or is there going to be a specific block? Well, like, cause so you're April. So that's April like 24th. Right. And then right. LA is the week before it's like May 7th. May, yep. Yep. And then worlds is May 14th. Yep. Right. So you're probably gonna have to get all that training now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what we're doing. I'm doing right now. So again, I'm working a lot of like tempos and intervals for running, which I Mm -hmm. think will be very handy for something like go rock games for, you know, it's going to be faster events. I'm sure the obstacle course race is going to be pretty, pretty quick. Um, and so that's what I'm working on, which, you know, plays in hand with high rocks and then just the strength component does as well. So it's kind of, they're kind of like hybrid type events. So it, it works. And then I think it should work too. Yeah. And then right after that, I'll take a break and then we'll hit the ultra circuit come end of the year again, mm-hmm. which, which is, is a lot different, <laughs> which, but it's nice. I like that high rocks ends mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of the year and right. then it gives you that back half to really to kind of switch focus. Right. Um, so one thing that I, I've come across when athletes are really trying to get into the OCR scene a little bit more, like in, in terms of like the competitive OCR scene, like people come from a myriad of backgrounds. Like sometimes there are runners, uh, a lot of times with people coming from maybe a gym background, maybe a ball sports background, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of that place where you're at now, where it's like, okay, I need to get faster. That That's definitely right. something that comes it becomes a realization to a lot of these athletes like, well, if I really want to maximize my potential here, like running intervals are going to be where I need to kind of spend my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so could you speak about that a little bit now? Cause sound, like you mentioned it a couple of times, like kind of getting into it and, and figuring out how that's all going to kind of play into the big picture. Like, how is it going with the running intervals? Are you enjoying them or like, how, how is it? <laughs> um, I'm not not enjoying them. They're just not my favorite thing to do because they're hard. It puts me outside of my comfort zone. You know, like I could, I love to just run forever and that's not this. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I wanted to just primarily focus on ultras and stuff, I wouldn't have to, but when it comes to doing things like outside of that, anything outside of that, really, you really have to focus on it. Um, And so I know, even if I don't like to do it, I know I need to. So that's kind of usually where like my mind sits. It's like, okay, we don't like this, but we're going to, because it's going to make us better. So. And and it might go back to like what we were talking about before with the confidence and being well-rounded. It's just like a stone that you can 
turnover, right? It's right. Like right. Not getting to the start. It's like, oh, I wonder how fast this person is. And it's like, if, if, if you put that in, in training now, um, it will probably help with that confidence piece because it takes a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, are you seeing progress? Yeah, I have. So I started probably um, end of the year into now um, really working on them. And so I have seen progress. Uh, PR'd my mile time. So nice. we're getting better. We're just, it's, 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 it's a process, but um, it'll, it'll, it'll work. Is there like specific benchmarks that you're going to kind of go after? Because that's the thing too. It's like, mm-hmm. how much is a fast 5k or fast mile really going to help high rocks even? Right. Right. You know, like what, it, what do you have benchmarks that you're kind of going after? Yeah, kind of. It's, it's more so heart rate. So mm. being able to control my heart rate during high rocks is really important um, on those runs. And so just building up that lactic threshold, um, you know, all those kind of things is really gonna, is really what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, not really going for benchmarks of like, uh, like fastest 5k or things like that. Like I'm not running for those, um, goals. Um, I just PR'd my mile. I know because I had to retest it. Um, and it got faster. So yeah. So it's working and that's, yeah. yeah so it's just like, developing like chasing the feeling right and like yes. i try to remind myself sometimes in intervals depending on where they are right and now just moving to a higher elevation than what i've been used to like the times aren't the same but the feeling can still be the same yes yep, you know? yep. That, that was kind of what you gotta go for even though it's not necessarily gonna like show in terms of personal records and and, and things like that and how's how's training out um at elevation so far it's okay. Yeah. 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 So far it's not bad. I mean, I thought it would be worse. I've done workouts before at like when we came out here to kind of check out like where we were wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I went, we were in Boulder and I was doing some like threshold repeats there, like just doing mile repeats. Was, I just was starting a training block at that. And my times were like 30 seconds slower than where I thought it would be. <laughs> And it ruined my workout. It was like yeah. was mentally feeling terrible. I was like, this is awful. I can't believe this is like this, but it hasn't been that bad. I've okay. actually, but I've been doing like some faster stuff. And like you're saying, just like chasing the feeling of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you know, when you feel good and when you feel fit, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a feeling for sure. Um, but you'll notice when you go down to sea level, how that feels like the first couple of days, really like I have felt a difference coming when, when I lived in Boulder and then, you know, doing races or, you know, traveling and being at sea level, going for a run. It's like, Oh, I can breathe. Like it's easier feeling. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I just, I, it's going to be, I, I really can't wait for that. And that's something like for Vegas. I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, did that, did that. So when you did tell your ride, which was Spartan, mm-hmm. I was what would you have like six weeks in between that and world's toughest? I think five, five, five. Yeah. It's a pretty tight turnaround. It is. Um, what made you decide? Like I'm thinking this now because Telluride was obviously at altitude, but really high. I, I had no mm-hmm. idea how high that race was. You start at nine and you climb to like 10 and a half. It's it was, crazy. it was, um, but then the world's toughest was, not as high. That was not quite sea level, right? But it was, what, what, what is it at in Laughlin? It, it was a little higher than sea level. I can't tell you the exact numbers, um, but the like the, we only climbed, I want to say like 800 feet or uh-huh. 600 feet. So like that was a big difference where in Telluride, you climbed so much. Like the first half of that lap was uphill. Mm. Um, so, so that the- was a big difference is that what played into the decision to then try it? Like the, that the terrain was going to be a little bit more forgiving. Um, or what made you decide to, to make that quick turnaround and how were you able to recover so well? Because even if like, when I look at it, it seems like there's no way you were fully recovered. Right. And yeah, probably not. Probably not. Like, and <laughs> there, and this field was good. Like you went out there and took it basically wire to wire and beat. Uh, Amelia Boone, who's uh, like two, two or three time champ, I forget. Yeah. And Aaron Ross, who's been second twice and mm-hmm, finished mm-hmm. third in that race. And like, it goes on down. Like it was a pretty deep field. So to come back five weeks after, um, after a grueling race, like mm-hmm. what made you decide to do that? 
Um, I just wanted to, like, I, I saw, I saw that, you know, I thought get the title of world's toughest was pretty cool. Um, and I, I liked my performance at Spartan. And so I was like, I can do this. I mean, the first ultras I ran 250 milers back to back within, you know, four weeks. So I know I could get my body recovered feeling, um, at least, and then, you know, just jump in and, and, uh, I was, I was more, you know, confident going into it with like the terrain. It wasn't as like steep and, you know, um, at altitude like Spartan, but if I could do it again, I probably would do Telluride again because running, I don't know if you've heard running on the sand and Laughlin for 24 hours was brutal. Hmm. Like it was just so uneven in parts. And, um, I know if you've ever ran on sand before it's, it's hard, uh, you just sink in there's spots that it was like really sandy and you sunk in some were like more like hard pack trail. Uh, but the train there was, was pretty brutal as well. Um, but yeah. And then recovery wise, uh, I took obviously the next like week or so and just like kind of chilled, um, did lots of long, easy bike rides, a lot of steady state hikes and, and long runs. Um, because at that point, your fitness isn't going to get any better, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not going to get any better than I am right now for world's toughest, like the haze in the barn. So from there, it's just like kind of a mindset then of like, you know, getting your body to feel good. And I didn't really feel that beat up after Spartan. And so that probably played into the decision of like, okay, I can do this. Um, My body feels okay. There's no injuries, no anything like that. So that was really lucky. So yeah, then I just decided to take on world's toughest. So it's more of like an intuitive feeling, like how, you know yeah. how your body feels. So right. like you, you'll know when to push it or when to, to kind of pull things back. Right. Um, and it seemed so from the beginning where it was like, oh, this rim to rim to rim challenge that that mm-hmm. was fun. Right. Like it was something you just wanted to go out and try and see how yes. it was. Um, is that a puppy? Yeah, that's a dog. Is your, your dog's <laughs> name's Doug? His name's Doug. He's a red golden and he is chewing on a toy. <laughs> that's a, that's a great dog. name. <laughs> he's, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> uh, we have a dog named Carl. So we like, oh, the, yay. we like the, per, the person the human name. Yeah. yeah, it's great. He's a, he's a little dachshund too. So it's just like great. Oh, cute. <laughs> um, so like, so the room to room room was like fun and like challenging, pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to entering these races, like is the driver typically fun or is there, a competitive piece to it that is also fulfilling for you or like, how do you decide, like, how do you decide where you're going to spend your time? Because you have this right. wide breadth of, of skills and like things you can kind of go after. That's a good question. I, I would say it's definitely what like really like pulls me in, like what I mm-hmm. want to do. Um, so like that, like the interest, uh, if it like piques my interest, like I want to go do it. Um, and then there is a competitive aspect to it because like, um, I mean, any race I go into, I want to win. Um, and so like, obviously you want to go do things, you know, you can win or you'd be better at. Um, but then there's also the, like the mindset of like pushing yourself, like, you know, Hyrox is not in my comfort zone necessarily. And so it's like, okay, can I do this? How well can I do it? Got it. So it's more, it's, it's also like exploratory, like seeing, yeah. seeing what, what it's going to feel like. Interesting. So do you plan things out very like, because I would feel like then like a season plan or like, you mm-hmm. know, like a four or five year plan of like how you want to kind of like put yourself together as an athlete that might feel like it's holding you back a little bit, like kind of putting you in like a specific lane. Right. Do you have plans that way? Or is it more just like, Hey, let's, let's go see how that, like, this looks fun. Let's get after it. Like, let's try this and then just put everything you can into that specific event or, Mm -hmm. or are you more kind of like, like in five years, I want to be the best ultra obstacle racer that the world's ever seen type of thing. Right. Right. Well, I would say prior to like, you know, two years ago, uh, I didn't really have a plan. It's kind of like jump into what I liked and what I knew I was good at. And like, I didn't really plan to do the ultra 24 hour races, um, that far in advance. And so last year was kind of just like winging it this year. There's a plan, um, in place. And so it's, you know, like I said, to hit the kind of like the shorter, faster events in the beginning of the year. And then I'll do some triathlons this summer 
And because that training, you know, pairs very well with with ultras for me, at least. Um, and then, yeah, I'll hit that circuit. And so definitely had the first year planned out completely. Um, five year plan, like, obviously, I think it would be amazing to be the best ultra, you know, obstacle course racer ever. And when, you know, a tie, you know, keep my title for WTM and gain the Spartan ones. Um, so that would be a goal there. For sure. Do you, do you are you going to do both each year? Are you planning on doing that same thing? Um, yeah, that's my, that's my plan right now. Um, I'm excited to see where they put the, uh, Spartan ultra worlds. Uh, I hope it's in Telluride again, although I heard there's Didn't rumors they... about, is it Ta- Florida Tahoe? I, I think thought... Tahoe was North American championships, which is not world ultras, oh. but, but that's what I thought too. And I was like, Ooh, that's a hard mountain for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll do that. And then depending on how my body feels, hopefully, you know, no injuries, fingers crossed that I'll jump into WTM again. Oh, they haven't announced it yet. I don't think so. I think it just says to be announced on the website. Oh, cause so North American champion, they've never had that before for ultra. I don't no, think. no, no, no. There is an ultra there, but that's just like an ultra. So I use that one to qualify for worlds. Yes, I thought yeah. I I swore I saw something was posted that Tahoe was going to be a championship race this year mm-hmm. for ultra. Oh well, I don't know if I've seen that. It could be, or it could be the north, like the North America, the Beast, and all of that. Like, well, that's in some that's in a, a town in um, British Columbia, which I just was looking at. And I forget what's called. That's where like the the Beast North American Championships are. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it is Tahoe, and I just missed that. I might have just misread because uh, you're the second person I've talked to who should know and and thought it hasn't been announced. And I'm like, no, it has. And so maybe I've just completely made this up. I mean, but, that would, that would be nice to plan for. Um, yeah. Yeah. To plan would. for Tahoe, like especially mentally. So that's a, that's a tough, you know, the, the backside it's, you know, you can, you can hike up power, hike up a hill all day, but coming down over and over again, that's where your knees really, really start to hurt. And so like, and Telluride, like, that the backside, you know, as much as you went up the first side, you're going to go down, down the backside. So, yeah. And that that's super steep on the back half of the Tahoe course or yep. the, the last like quarter. <laughs> it's really steep um, and rocky. Yeah. And very rocky. Yeah. And I can't, I can't imagine that at night. Yeah. Well Ooh. that like in Telluride, the backside, it was not, I mean, it was rocky, but it was more roots. Um, and then there's one section that was just all rocks that like, you couldn't run down. You literally had to like walk and, you know, my mind was just kept saying, you can't run if you're hurt. So like, don't sprain your ankle. Like you like, you'd rather go slow and keep going than you know, have to have to, uh, fall out of the race. Yeah. It's kind of the name of the game with that, right? Like just being one, uh, someone told me it's like, it's better to be even like in preparation to be undertrained and healthy. Mm-hmm. than to be overtrained and like a little bit hurt for something like an ultra. So like, right, like right. making sure your body conditions are like in a, the best place. Um, and I mentioned Aaron Ross before, uh, she's a friend of mine and she, she was talking about their, she has this thought that there's always going to be like a bad lap. Like, and she's done, I think WTM three times yeah. and, every, and there's a couple of different ultras and there's always like a space either in the middle of the night or like early in the morning where things just like really kind of, go off the rails, like mentally and maybe a little bit physically. Um, yeah. Did you have anything like that in your two experience? I mean, the one, the, the Spartan one, I would imagine that's just kind of out of your hands. And that was probably some weird stress to kind of wait on you. That wasn't awesome to deal with, but was there anything where like mentally things got dark or like how, or like that you had to kind of pull yourself out of during those events? Um, I would say in both of them, it like, you know, if you can get to midnight, so you can get like 12 hours into the race, like it's usually where it kind of turns around. But I would say in both of them that I kind of felt like a bad lap was right before the sun would rise because you've been running all day, all night. And it's like, you just want the sun to come up and then you still have like six plus hours, but like, at least you're like, you made it to that point. It starts to get warm out again. Um, but I would say, yeah, right before that, wherever you are on course, like I would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm tired. It's always darkest, right? Like that. And that's like the coldest part of the day too, where it's like right before the sun comes up the, like that's such must be such like a primal feeling. Like 
wanting the sun to come up just to like <laughs> feel it on your body. Be like, oh, yes. this is what I'm supposed to be doing here. <laughs> exactly. And like, I never, um, like, I don't, the, the lack of sleep doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah, the, the cold, I mean, no one wants to be out in the cold for that long, but like 24 hour races are okay for me because I could stay up all night. Um, I used to finish papers in college, my thesis, you know, so I'm used to that. That's okay. Um, but I know a lot of people, like I had some friends that like stopped and like took a little nap and stuff. And then once you do that, it's, it's hard to, to keep going. There seems to be like a superpower that people have for ultras, like one way or another, like a lot of times ultra athletes will be talking about like their ability to eat. Right. Um, but for you, it sounds like the ability to not sleep, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Do you think that's like an advantage? Do you feel like that is something that you like, Oh, it's dark. Everybody else is going to be having a hard time to me. This isn't a problem. Yeah. I like, I would say that's a strength for sure. As like, I think it's fun to be out there at night and going through the course, especially in Telluride, you're just like out in the mountains, like with like a lot of the time with nobody around. Um, and so I thought that was pretty cool. So I would say that's, that's a strength. My, my fueling and ability to eat would probably be the weakness. Um, like when I was, uh, my, my pit zone was right next to Mark Battress's, uh, during WTM. And like, they had like, you know, like bowls of rice and beans and chick, like just like gourmet meals. And like my station does not have that. Like, I can't, I can't take that down. Like the, the most solid food that I'll go for is like pizza, um, come midnight or, you know, PB and J's, but nothing, uh, my fuel game could use some work. Um, I focus more on hydration because mm. that's what really helps my body. I know if I'm dehydrated and I have been on some ultras and like, everything kind of goes downhill. So I can feel all day with like gels and waffles and snacks. Um, but I, I really take, uh, a lot of importance into, uh, uh, hydration. That's, that seems to be the thing, right? It's like, there's no way there's no like one way to do it, which makes ultra athletes to me, like they're just like problem solvers, right? Like figuring (laughs) out like what you can eat, what you can't Mm -hmm. eat, like what you need. And like, 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 I'm sure Batris, if he had to eat sweets for, cause that's basically what gels and waffles are, right? Like yeah, just like right. super sweet stuff for, <laughs> for 24 hours. He'd probably lose it. Right. If he was yeah. eating, and I, I talked to him one time he, and during the ultra virus, he was drinking beer because he wanted like <laughs> a bitter, a bitter taste because yeah, of like trying yeah. to get the sweetness out of there just to kind of change the palate up. Um, yeah. so that could be a skill too, like just being able to eat the easy gels and sweets and stuff. Does your stomach yeah. steroid? Do you have GI stuff at all? Not really. Um, and f- well, I tried to use scratch once. Um, I can't remember if it was, Oh, I think it was at WTM and just like that kind of killed my stomach a little bit. I kept with hydro builder, which is uh hunter's supplement, which mm-hmm. is like phenomenal. So I took that every single lap and then uh boa, which is like a sodium spray, which was really cool. Um, the first time I've ever used it. Cause usually I just stick with pickle juice. So I'll just like drink out of the jar or get the little shots of pickle juice and, um, just to prevent cramping and, um, you know, stay hydrated. But like, that's about the only time I ever had GI issues. Otherwise I can, I can pretty much take down and stomach anything. Like I know if I need more, you know, calories, I'm going to have to just like stomach it. So yeah. that's a strength too. So that BOA stuff. That's yeah. just like a salt spray. Yep. Pretty much. Um, and like, it really helped. Uh, it, it like was essentially did the same as pickle juice. Yeah. You just like spray it in your mouth and then it just get, yeah. like, dissolves through your, through, through your mouth. That's interesting. Yep. Yep. So it actually doesn't like, you don't have to worry about any GI issues because it, it, it absorbs um, mucocostal uh, absorption is what huh. it's called. And so it's in the through mouth. mouth. It, yep. Through your mouth. And so you don't have to worry about it, you know, messing up your stomach at all, but you're still getting that like sodium because you just lose so much sodium when you're doing those races. And so, and a lot of like, they're kind of using it now for, um, like, uh, uh, NBA teams, um, college basketball teams, where you're losing a lot of sweat, um, mm-hmm. and cramping's an issue and it's, it's proven to work pretty well. So yeah. It makes sense. Right. Cause yeah. like, 
the, I think a lot of GI distress can come from like when too many minerals get put in your stomach and like the balance of the water and the minerals get like shifted. So like you can't, it can't like dissolve through the stomach wall. Um, but if it goes through your mouth, it seems like that should resolve that. That's a, that's a good idea actually. And it's, it's a lot of sodium per spray. So like you, you know, per lap, if I, I, you know, it's really easy too. So I don't have to like be, you know, drinking as much, which can cause people, you know, GI issues as well. Same. You just run through and just spray it in your mouth and you, you keep going. So, um, pretty good, uh, quick pit stop snack. What are your thoughts on the Florida, uh, the venue, right? Like that's going to be for world's toughest. Like it's like on the panhandle somewhere. Right. Right. And, and go Ruck is in, uh, Florida as well. Same kind of place. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I grew up, um, born and raised in Iowa and the humidity in Iowa is brutal. It'll yeah. be like 90 degrees, like 80% humidity or more. So that like the weather won't bother me. I'd rather be hot than cold for sure. Um, when it comes to like the courses, if it's going to be sand, it's going to be hard. Mm. Um, but I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, WTM this year in Laughlin was sand and you just kind of manage, but, um, you know, obviously, ideally, I'd rather it be on trail. <laughs> right, right. So you're not worried about the humidity part. You're thinking that would be an advantage for you? Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be okay. As long as you can stay hydrated, I think that'll be a big factor because um, you're going to lose a lot of sweat there. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing some coaching now too. I saw you launched yeah. uh, uh, is it an online coaching deal. Are you coaching in person as well? Or are you doing or are you mostly online? It's all online right now. Um, just because I'm up by big bear. And so it's kind of remote. So mm-hmm. there's no in-person, but yeah, so it's all online. It's called nighttime training. Um, and I have clients from all over the U S ones that want to just, you know, they just had a baby. They want to get in shape again, or, you know, COVID hit and they didn't work out and they want to get back in shape and feel good. So I have those clients, which are super fun to work with. And then I have clients who want to be competitive at like world's toughest or an ultra, um, or, or, uh, races. So I have those clients, um, which is cool. My background, I used to coach, uh, CrossFit and then I worked for corporate health and wellness companies. So or oh, for nice. Oracle, so big tech companies have in-house fitness. Um, and so I would teach classes there and personal train and you'd have that same like wide range of, of clients, like the one you're teaching how to do a squat for the first time, um, who sits at a computer all day, which like, that's super meaningful to me to help somebody start their fitness journey and then, you know, helping someone PR their, their deadlift. So like that huge spectrum, um, is I, I think fun to work with. Is that a good gig? The corporate wellness one? I always thought that that would be pretty sweet. It, it's really cool. Um, I was supposed to start with Google and Boulder cause they have a pretty cool big campus there. Um, but because COVID's still an issue, like they don't have as many people returning to office. Mm. Um, so they had to postpone that, but those gigs are really nice. I mean, you're in-house, you get all the perks that whatever com- big tech company gives you like snacks and food and all of that. And then you have the classes you teach and then the clients are all the employees. So you have a lot of opportunity to do personal training. Um, so it's like already built in. Yes. Yeah. Was it yeah. salaried? Yep. And that's oh, another cool that's thing sweet. is that you're, you're salaried. <laughs> yeah. um, and like, the hours aren't quite as bad as like, you know, when I was a CrossFit coach, I'd teach, you know, 6am classes or 5am classes to 7pm. So that's a long day um, where this is like, not necessarily nine to five, but it can be like, um, you know, you might close, you might close at six, you might open at, you know, seven. So it's, 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 they're fun gigs. Uh, They're hard to to come by because nobody leaves them, but (laughs) it's true. A a company has to be doing pretty well to bring that as a, it has to be, yeah, Yeah, to to be able to pay for outside resource like that. Um, But this is really important, right? Like I think that having the one-on-one practical application is the most important piece, even for like an online coach. Like you see a lot of online coaches who are just popping up from um, because they perform well right? Like, like they're yep. good runners or something like that, but like, they've only just been, they've never done anything to like, they've ever seen people. They don't know right. how people kind of move. And like, then the programming can kind of get lost because it's what people can do. And like what you think people can do, I've found is just like completely different. 
two way different things. Yeah. Yeah. So far different. So having the application piece is like really critical from a, from a uh-huh. coaching perspective, if you're going to take it online. So I like right. that you have that, like that. And I think, you know, the CrossFit gets to like drink the Kool-Aid thing, but they just cover so many different like domains. You learn yeah. so much as a CrossFit coach. So it's like a really good balance of like knowledge to have to like right. then implement for someone. Right. Um, and so I was who, also, I was also coaching kids and teens. And so if you want to take things down to a very fundamental level, like you go coach them. Um, but those, they were, they were really fun to coach uh, uh, as well. And it's impressive what kids can do, like, you know, skills way beyond their, their age. Uh, but that's, that's fun as well. I bet. I see like little kids like swinging from monkey bars and just like, not like fearless. They don't care at all. Like, and climbing awesome. ropes and like all yeah. these kind of things. It's crazy. That's cool. That's good. Like, so who would be like the, someone listening, who, who would be the ones to reach out? Right. Like you mentioned a couple different people on that spectrum. Like if there are people who are kind of like general pop, want to get fit, want to get healthy, uh, want to stay active, need need a little bit more accountability. Um, or like what kind of level of athlete or or person are you looking to kind of, to help? Really anyone and everyone who wants to start their fitness journey or continue it or kind of change directions um, who wants to get more into racing? Um, because I've coached, uh, people who have competed at Spartan elite level. I've, um, you know, coached people like, yeah, just the general population that just want to come and, and feel better, look better. Um, because I think that's important as well. And so, you know, you want to do a lot of bodybuilding. Great. We can have you doing that. But basically, basically anyone who wants to lift weights, run, swim, bike, you know, just that better. person, right. that yeah, person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, like with the wide range of like training knowledge that you have and just being able to kind of go through all these different domains, like, because now it really is like, like you're spanning a, a, across a lot. Right. And like yep. picking up a lot of information for us. So like, what would be some like fundamental advice for people who are getting started and like, ultra running or, or kind of want mm-hmm. the path that you're taking, right? Like kind of mm-hmm. being this ultra athlete who can do, like, if there's a challenge there, they can come in and, and do it. So like the hybrid piece, like is, is very present and, and they right. want that, like, what kind of advice would you give them? Like, where would you want them to start? Um, I, the, the, the biggest problem I get with people who want to get fit or work on their fitness is they don't start. So my biggest piece of advice is just to start, um, whether that's going to the gym, getting a coach. Um, you know, I had a lot of clients back in the day that, you know, they'd work at their computer all day, big tech companies, yada, yada. And they like that, all these excuses of why they couldn't. Um, so yeah, number one advice is just start wherever you're at. That's okay. Cause it's a process. Everybody's working on things, their weaknesses, um, so yeah, it's just it, fitness is a journey. Um, so you just, you gotta, gotta start. And that's like a piece of advice that like, is just so, pra- is so practical and, and meaningful that I like forget. <laughs> Cause I'm like, not in that, I'm like, not around those type of people that much. And like, I don't yep. really have contact with them. Um, like the way that I, I once had it may have so i like forget that that is like a thing and not everybody's like super driven right um, what do you think it is what do you think it holds what do you think holds people back from just like moving um i mean i i can see where like if they don't have the knowledge most people don't know what to do so even if they mm-hmm. wanted to start and go to the gym or go for a run or something like they don't know what to do um and so that's where like getting a trainer or a coach comes in handy and then um Probably what, you know, whenever you start to learn a new skill, whatever that is, it's hard. So usually that's like a a limiting factor is like, it's going to hurt. It's hard. Um, But yeah, I would say that. The discomfort of change. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you, do you try to facilitate that in your own? I mean, like you just mentioned, you're kind of in a different spot now, like physically and like something that's I'm just going through as well. It's like, it's definitely painful to like get up and go like just right. emotionally, like stress wise, like things are just kind of weighing down. Like I'm, I've been in just like bad moods sort of out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's just like this, this stress that just compounded over things that are just like a little bit different in my right. life. Right. Like I don't have the habits that I had that are just making things automatic. So now I'm just like, uh, like I just 
feel a little bit worse right, <laughs> and like, right, right. until I get those habits back in place. So do you do that in your own practice? Are you like, like facilitating change to, to kind of do the comfort zone outside of the physical? Because it seems like a lot of the things now it's like, physically, you're like, let me go try that. Like, you're like, right, okay, right, let me, right. let me see how far, like, let me see how good. Is there anything in like your, your mental practice that you do for that? Yeah. Like, like you said, like, it's, it's easier for me to go like, try, um, physical challenges. Um, mental ones are hard as well. Like to be able to get more clients and start this online training business. Like I had to like post more, I had to advertise and I, I hate that. It feels boastful. Like I just like has never come natural to me, but I know in order to grow business, like that's why marketing firms exist and you know, you have to. And so like, to get out of my mind and like, just do it, um, has been what I've had to do over the past couple months. How's it been going? Cause that, it, that is such a barrier. <laughs> like that sucks. I, yeah. I, cause I feel the same way. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm posting this thing about my workout. Like, right. Like, is this helpful? Like, do people need to see, this? am I just bragging? Like what, right. like what value is this here? But it is awareness. Right. And like, it's, yeah. Um, and like, you know, there's a message there that I try to tell myself. It's like, no, people need this. Um, <laughs> so how's it been going? Have you been able to kind of like give yourself that push? Yeah, I have. And like, I see the results from it. Like, like people will reach out or, you know, they'll, they'll contact about training or fill out uh, the form I have for them. And so there's, it definitely helps. It's just, you, ha- you have to do it. Like I post things and I'm like, nobody cares about this and they shouldn't, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> I know uh, that, that that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I wish there was a different way. I know. And like it, it, I wish kind of things were back in the day before Instagram, before social media. And, you know, you did it through websites, word of mouth, things like that. It's like obviously a lot faster to grow these days because of that ease and access to like social media and everyone, but there's like a simplicity behind just not having to like, you know, showcase your life every day, all day. It's like, and that's like what I was mentioning before. It's like, what separates someone, someone's profile from someone like you who is like mm-hmm. credible, ha- has seen like years of experience, has seen people in person versus somebody who just like, hasn't, <laughs> you know, like, and just, says they have there's you like say the same thing kind of really crowded and and like and it's 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 hard to 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 stand out right and like to to kind of grow a following is like a whole thing is that is that something that you're trying to do like grow like an online following um I, the only reason I would want to grow a following is so that I could, you know, grow my personal training business so I could help more people on their fitness journeys because they do, because that does go hand in hand. So the more, you know, you're seen, you're out there, you have followers, the more exposure you get. So, um, it's not a personal goal. It's a business goal. (laughs) Right. So I know, but it, but it's fun. It like, it, it does help me to connect to, you know, people I probably wouldn't have otherwise. True. True. Mm-hmm. And the, the way that Instagram kind of works in my business is more like a search engine kind of, yeah, or, or more like email almost like that's yep. how people kind of get in contact. Then like, they'll find things like, this is actually pretty helpful. It's a podcast deal. Like just people kind of get yeah. to know who I am, you know? Um, uh, or like YouTube and things like that's also pretty helpful, but like the Instagram part is where people kind of find me. So I find myself, I'm on it. Yeah. So my relationship with Instagram is kind of weird because I don't love being on it, but I'm always on it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you, ha- you kind of have to, if you want to do a certain type of, you know, work or career or whatever. I know. But then I'm like sucked in because it's so addicting. Oh Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm just like staring at the thing. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a, an interesting puzzle, but the performances piece, like, like what you're, what you're going through is going to be really helpful as well. Like being able to perform at that high level is also helpful. Right. Like, and that's also regrettable because like, it doesn't make for a good <laughs> coach, but again, it's getting the message out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so where can people find you? Um, Instagram. Instagram. Yep. I'll link um, there. K eight zero underscore night K 80 night. Um, 
And then there's a link in my bio that can put you to my online training form. You fill that out and then I get in touch with you from there. Cool. That is the easiest, simplest way. So perfect. And you got, yep. Go Rock Games is your next event then? Yep. Mm-hmm. So you got Go Rock, High Rocks LA, and then High Rocks Worlds, if you hit that time. What is the top 12 time now? Top One, 15. Top 15, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Like, is it a 112? Yes. That's, I think, the last time, girls time. <laughs> what do you think you got in you? I would hope that. Um I would sh- probably, I want to shoot for like 110 and below. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Maybe rock solid. Cause you had, you don't, do you not have an individual time because of the Dallas thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't have an official time and I've done doubles since then. So if I don't qualify solo, I'll be at worlds um, for doubles. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So we qualified for that that way in Chicago. Nice. Yeah. yeah that, Cause that was a, that was a pretty stacked field there. Um, that was, they did, they did great. They killed it. Yeah, your partner is Julian, right? Julian, yeah, he's a beast. He he's does a- all CrossFit, but he is a collegiate cross country runner. So he's friends with Chris, uh, Chris Bob Brown. Chris, yes. Chris Brown knew yeah. who he was. He's like, yeah, this guy was a runner, and then he just got super jacked. Doing yeah, CrossFit. he did. <laughs> he got yeah. super jacked, but he's okay. So he's a very good runner. He might try, I think, uh, an individual race. Uh, they got rid of Boston, so he can't do that. But he, maybe he was going to do Dallas. I'm not sure. So oh, cool. Um, he, he kind of just wants to try it out and see how it goes. Cool. As he should. Yep. Yep. Um, well, cool. Katie, right? I appreciate you taking the time yeah. hanging out for a while. So I'll make sure to link to everything and, and people want to reach out where they can find you um, through there. So appreciate you taking the time. I'm just going to hit the uh, stop recording. Okay. For a minute.